This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Great to have you for our wildcard weekend preview. Uh, Katie coming straight up in a moment, along with a very special guest, Jenna Harner, uh, is going to be on the show. Um, great to have her uh, live from Pittsburgh. Um, and obviously big Steelers game this weekend, so perfect timing uh, to have Jenna on. Um, so she has a great insight into the Steelers. Um, this week, uh, we've got a lot going on. Um, I will be on the Falco Takeaway on the Worldwide Sports Network on YouTube. So please catch me on that tomorrow um, from 2 p.m. or Friday, depending on which day you're listening to this, um, from 2 p.m. Um, Eastern, um, it's about 7 p.m. Uh, here in the UK. And I'll be on there live um talking sports, NBA, NFL, whatever they decide they want to ask me. Um, So we'll be on that show, or I will be. Um, This weekend, we are getting ready to launch um, Across the Pond NHL podcast. Uh, We've got some great hosts for you. So we've got Josh from Colorado, um, and we have, uh, from England, uh, we have Chris and Lee. They are Super pumped um, to get this podcast started. Um, I'm having to calm them down sl- slightly, um, but they are so pumped um, to get this podcast out to you. Um, so we'll launch that next week, and we're going to get that all set up for you this weekend. Um, and we'll get an episode out nice and time for the new season of NHL action that um, tips off, kicks off next week. Um, but yeah, so we've got that coming as well. Um, and do always get us on our social media accounts. So we're on Instagram, Across the Pond Sports Podcast, on Instagram and on Facebook. Please join our group on Facebook. Um, we've got a lot of interaction going on in there. Um, and on Twitter as well, at ATP Sports Pod. Um, for now, though, let's get on with the show. We've got a great show ahead with Jenna and with Katie. So we have the NFL wildcard round coming up this weekend and Katie is with us as always. Um, but this week we are joined by a very special guest um, from Pittsburgh um, and obviously the Steelers have a big game this weekend. We're joined by Jenna Harner. Um, she's part of the sports team at WPXI in Pittsburgh. Uh, she's originally from South Windsor, Connecticut. Uh, she grew up an avid sports fan and pursued, pursued a career um, in broadcast journalism at Ithaca, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, college, uh, where she graduated su- summa cum laude. Now, we don't have anything like that over here because that sounds quite fancy. Um, but you it, also, it is pretty fancy. <laughs> but you also played lacrosse. Now, I've only ever seen lacrosse maybe a couple of times on the limited ESPN channel we have in the UK. Um, that's quite a brutal sport. That, that I've, I've seen some pretty hard hits there. That is that fun? Oh, I loved it. I grew up playing. Uh, my dad actually started the team at Providence College, so it was kind of like always his uh, his sport, and he wanted me to get into it. And so when you could start uh, was fourth grade. 
um, back home. So I started then and I kind of knew I always wanted to do it. It was funny though. You talk about like brutal. I would have like bruises all up and down my arms to the point where my teachers were like, is everything okay? Are you doing, I'm like, yes, we had a game yesterday. Like, of course, this is, like I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to send the social work round to your parents. That's fine. <laughs> I, can, I can see how that would work. I did once go to school with a black eye. Um, and my teacher was like, James, um, how did you get that black eye? I said, oh, my mum kicked me in the face. Um, and she was like, what? I was like, no, no, she kicked me in the face. And I was like, I think I must have been eight or nine at the time. And she goes, sorry, how did this happen? I was like, oh, I was lying on the floor and I rolled over. And as I rolled over, my mum was walking and she kicked me in the face. So she didn't really. It was just my own stupidity of being an eight or nine year old at the time. <laughs> but there you go. Um, okay, so Jenna, it's great to have you with us, um, especially because the last game that we're going to talk about um, is obviously Pittsburgh, which is the team that you cover um, in Pittsburgh, funnily enough. Uh, but before we do that, um, because we have a, a lot less games to cover uh, than we normally do, uh, we're going to have a quick chat with Jenna, uh, myself and Katie. Katie is here. Um, She'll jump in. Um, Jenna, what is the game day experience like now compared to what you would normally have? Because um, it must be very different with COVID in terms of the stadiums. Yeah, it is very, very wild. And usually we're kind of traveling for all the games, but this year the only game that we've traveled for is the Buffalo game because it was on Sunday Night Football. Um, and it's just, it, it's it's fascinating to me because we go through all the COVID protocols. So, you know, you walk up to the security gate, you take your phone out, you scan a little QR code, you answer a bunch of questions. You walk up to like the temperature scanner, you put your face there, it, like scans your temperature. Uh, and then you have to go through all the normal like metal detectors and all that stuff. Um, you have to show them like you get the okay to go into the stadium. Um, and then in the press box, it, it's everyone's so spread out. Everyone's so far apart from each other. Um, we have like box lunches. You have to wear your mask the whole time, except when you're eating and drinking. Um, so it's just, it, it has that different feel to it. Um, and it's so strange. And of course, everything's virtual with the players. I think that's the weirdest part for me is that I can't tell you the last time I was in a locker room was March of 2020. It's just wild to me to think about that in that sense. Cause you know, we're around these players all the time normally like multiple times a week and now everything's on zoom so once the game ends all the reporters you know we have our laptops up everybody puts their headphones in and you you know click into the questions and it's hysterical because you'll hear like the Cincinnati reporters when the Bengals are in town like they're in their press conference asking their questions while we're in the Steelers press conference asking our questions but we're all in the same room so everybody's like talking over each other a little bit it's it's crazy. It really is. It is surreal. And I think the players have told us, you know, that too, that for them, this is so different as well. Yeah, it must be absolutely crazy, especially going to an empty stadium as well. Like uh, Heinz Field is one of the, the kind of famous stadiums for being quite rowdy. That must be really eerie when there's just you guys there and the players. Yeah, it was like I'll, the first week, I'll never forget the home opener. We're sitting there and it is, it's so quiet. And I'm like, okay, this is normal. Um, to the point where like, you can only, like the loudest thing was like the train whistle on third down. And then going back and watching the broadcast, my mom was like, oh, it sounded normal. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, that was the pumped in crowd noise. Like they did that over the broadcast. We didn't even hear that in the press box. Oh, wow. So, so they, so they don't even have like any crowd noise pumped into the stadium. They, they did a little bit. I think they were like kind of toying with it, but the first couple of weeks it was, it was enough. It was faint, faint enough. So like we couldn't hear it. The players on the field could, but it was just like, it was crazy. And it's been so interesting hearing the guys talk about that too, because the players, you know, can hear everything now. And they're like, the home field advantage is totally gone. Yeah, that that was going to be my next question. Like, man, it probably just sounds like training camp or like practice where you can you can hear the other team's play calls. <laughs> 
And it was so funny um, after the Colts game, when we were talking with Ben Roethlisberger, he was kind of joking on his touchdown to Deontay Johnson that he threw. He was like, you know, the Colts were calling out our plays. They were like, Oh, it's going to, you know, slant, 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 slant. And he was like, in my mind, I almost thought I'm like, I'm going to throw a slant. But then he was like, I was going to go with our normal play call, which was the over the top pass. And he was like, honestly, I'm glad that I did. I almost changed it. And I didn't, he's like, but this year for strategy wise, it's so different. And it was just really insightful here him talk about it that way because it's like this is crazy everybody can hear everything now yeah I mean that's that has got to be weird it's one thing I have noticed is you can definitely tell that the defense is listening to the offense um, and what they're shouting um, and it's it has been quite strange to, to see that talking about the Steelers um, they were 11 and 0 they were on somewhat of a, a pretty pretty decent run um, but then they kind of just ran out of steam. What they, now, the, the thing for the Steelers, and I do feel kind of bad for them in this sense, is they were impacted by COVID on, on two occasions. Uh, the first one with Tennessee Titans, which was really bad because it was kind of the Titans' fault. Um, do you feel that that run came to an end because they just ran out of steam, or was it more because, you know what, they haven't had a bye week since week three? Yeah, that definitely played a factor into it. And that's what the guys were talking about. Cause we, you know, we look at buys as, oh, they can get a rest. They can take a week off from their bodies. But when we hear from Ben, he was saying, you know, my mind needed a break too. I'm like, I needed a mental rest. And I think these guys who are such creatures of habit, I mean, literally they have the minutes of their day planned out that for them getting put in a tailspin by the Titans once was like, okay, this sucks. We have to deal with it, whatever. But Ravens week, I think that in itself, just like, that was definitely a big reason that I think they dropped off the level of production that they did. It was, they were so frustrated. I mean, just, they didn't know when they were going to practice, when they were going to play, what was going to happen. They didn't have any clue about that. Um, and for people that are such creatures of habit for players, coaches, trainers, all these guys, like it just throwed them through them into such a jumbled loop. It was crazy seeing, seeing them that way, they, their frustrations were, were so evident, but also I think that took such a big mental toll. Yeah, I can imagine because <laughs> I think as well, like I, I've played amateur sports, I'm no, no professional, but I still had my little kind of idiosyncrasies that I did before a game or even maybe a day before a game. Like I usually stretched my knee out until it was like loose as anything, um, just to make sure I didn't like collapse on the floor. Uh, but for those guys that maybe have a ritual or something like they maybe have a special meal the night before, I mean, that must have been really quite strange because they're like one minute they're playing Saturday, then they're playing Sunday, then they're playing Tuesday. I mean, that kid, it was just all over the place for them. Yeah. And they were looking kind of towards, you know, even with after, you know, they were going to play on Thursday on Thanksgiving and then they're like, okay, we get somewhat of like a quote unquote bye week And then that gets pushed to Sunday and they're like, well, this still stinks. And it's like, then we get pushed to Wednesday and then we have a short week to play Washington. It was just like, it was such like a spiral effect that it was understandably frustrating. I mean, we were sitting here frustrated. I joke. I'm like, I used up all the Groundhog Day memes because it was the same day over and over and over. We're waiting for updates. We're waiting to hear how many COVID cases are happening. Oh, there's no new positives today. That's fine. Oh, there is a new positive the next day. We're moving the game this day. It was just, oh, it was exhausting. I joked. I'm like, please check in with your friends covering this game and making sure that they're all right. Because we were, it was a long week. It was a long week. I, I can imagine. Um, so COVID aside, um, for yourself, um, what are your goals for 2021 and, and beyond? Because you've you've made quite a nice little career for yourself. Um, you've been in Buffalo. Um, you're now in Pittsburgh. And um, what are your plans for, for this year? Moving to a warmer state. No. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. I'm like, I've moved south enough that I'm just like, this is like, this is the farthest south I've lived since I lived in California for a little bit. So that like, I'm like, this is good. And I joke, we've already had like more snow this year than most years. And I was like, this wasn't my fault. Please don't blame me. <laughs> um, that's a really good question though. I, I, I think I'm just excited to kind of get back to 
normal in terms of sports coverage. I know that's like dumb and cliche and everyone's like, oh, you know, get back to normal in that sense. But I'm excited to be able to be in this city and cover sports the way that they've been covered for so long, you know, getting to develop relationships with these players, you know, create those um, resources and those sources so I can, you know, have those one-on-one interviews and things along those lines and um, not be virtual because I know that's like such a wild thing. and just, I mean, I'm really looking forward to experiencing like what this city is like. I moved, so I moved to Pittsburgh uh, the last week of March, <laughs> oh, which I laugh because I'm like, oh, how did, and everyone's like, we promise it gets better. And I'm like, I completely, I, I know it does. And like, I've fallen in love with this city so much already that for me, I'm like, I know it's just going to get better, but I'm excited to be able to kind of explore it a little bit more and see what it's like normally and just kind of have that feeling um, and just kind of, you know, keep telling stories the way that we've been telling them. I mean, it's been it's been crazy and it's been insane. And I remember looking back from, you know, March to June when everything was paused, you know, how wild it was that we were still getting sports coverage. We were still putting out sports coverage and now being able to kind of tell all these stories and look back on things and how people have adjusted, how people have adapted. I think um, that's been, that's been a really cool part of this. And I think we're going to look back on it and remember at least that part of it being good is like, we can still, we were still able to tell these stories and show these stories and through, you know, huge movements, you know, uh, the seeing, how athletics reacted to the Black Lives Matter protests over the summer and those continuing. I think that's been one of the most impactful things. And, you know, being able to ask players about their personal experiences and the message that they want to get out. I mean, these are incredibly important stories that need to be told. And, you know, it's been incredible to be a part in just telling them and getting their message out. That's something they relate to us. They're like, you're the journalist. It's your, we want you to put out these words. Yeah, I love it. Um, and I don't know if, if James told you, but I, I come from, from the, the sports journalism uh, background too. So I started in the radio biz here in Denver um, doing sports for the, the Broncos, the Rockies, and the Nuggets. And when I started, I'm a little bit older than you, Jenna, but when I started, it, it was still a mostly male uh, industry, sports journalism. I mean, there was there was a couple females out there, but it really, it was not like it is today. So, and, and one of the reasons why I went into sports journalism was there was a radio um, journalist here. Her name was is Susie, Susie Wargen, and she's actually the sideline reporter for the Broncos again. So she, she was at one time and she is, she is again now. But back then she was the only really like girl talking sports on the radio. And I just thought that that was so cool to, to hear a girl talking about football because, I mean, most girls can't really play football. Um, it's not an option for them like, like, like it is for softball or soccer, uh, lacrosse even. What would you say to all the girls out there that want to ha- have an interest in sports and sports journalism? That's such a good question. And I love it because I it's just, I was so inspired by so many people before me that being able to even just, you know, give a message that maybe one person can hear and maybe they decide like, Hey, I want to go into sports. Hey, I want to do this. Like to me, that makes all of this so worth it. Um, it's, it's crazy to me now. It's just, it's so wild to see, like, it's normal. I, I, you know, in Buffalo, um, every station I worked at, or every station in the market, um, people that I worked with, every station had at least one female, which was huge in sports. I mean, that that in itself, just having the representation of you know us being there, and you know, I I I, ne- I was never looked at. I, that's this is one of my always my favorite things. Like among my colleagues and among my peers, I've never been looked at as like that female reporter. Like I'm just another reporter, which I think is like incredible that's the way we need to look at it in that sense you know it it doesn't matter that I'm a woman it doesn't matter that the only football I played was powder puff in high school I mean I you know I grew up around sports I can most of the guys in this industries I say most you know in terms of like local sports a lot of them you know didn't play NFL football a lot of them didn't even play college football nothing wrong with that if they did or didn't but um you know that shouldn't discredit someone immediately um and so I just I always tell people I'm like you know if you have a love for this if you have a passion 
passion for it, absolutely do it. There's nothing holding you back. There's so many resources. Um, and I was talking to a friend yesterday in the industry and I was saying, you know, especially with women in sports, there's such a bond and like, we're all so willing to help each other out. Like I know, you know, I love putting people in contact with each other, using people as resources saying, Hey, talk to this person, talk to that person. Like we need more of us. And I think it just needs to be a collective. I mean, there's still, I, I look in, you know, locker rooms and it's so funny because like there really aren't a ton of us, but there's more, more of the locker rooms that I've been in lately have had more women. And that's huge because it, it just, it's becoming so much more of a thing. And I think it just needs to kind of keep growing in that sense. Yeah, I'm right there with you, girlfriend. I'm I'm all there. I'm all for it. I, I remember when I was there, it was it was me. I was I was the only one most of the time. And so I love hearing that there are more more women having the opportunity to to be in the locker room and and interview and and be a journalist. It doesn't matter what gender you are, because um, we all love sports. And um, you know, like you said, a lot of guys haven't even played football, and and they're out there reporting on it too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't played football. Um, I actually was told I, I wanted to go into sports media when I was a kid because I I loved basketball and, and basketball was my, was my thing. And I wrote to the NBA and I said, I want to do like a UK show. And the NBA sent me back some kind of bizarre email saying something about joining a community or something. Um, but somebody actually said, oh, mate, you can't do uh, sports media, any kind of sports media because you've never actually played the sport. Um, at high level and I was like oh okay then I'll go and get a job doing something else so I ended up in finance for like 20 years um so so I I think as well like there's this notion that you have to play the game and or there was that notion that you had to play the game whereas now if you look at NFL Network on a on a Sunday and they're doing game day I would probably say what apart from the, the, the four guys in the studio, um, there is probably about 60% of the, the reporters are women. And, and I think that's really good because they could put those stories across just as well as any guy and um, probably better for, for some. So um, I, I think we in, in Scotland, we do now have women coming through as well. Um, next week, um, we have a guest, um, Hannah Wilkes, um, who works for Sky Sports NFL. Um, and she has her own show called Overtime. Um, and this is what we've seen. And I think the UK are maybe a bit ahead because we've had women in sports for quite a while. Um, so it's, it's not odd to me to see a woman present in sports because um, we've had it for a while. It's not been massive, but we have had it for a, for a bit longer. So um, it's definitely good to see. And um, we saw, or I did see, I don't know if, if Katie's seen it, but I saw your video with Ashley de Jong, who we had on our podcast um, a few weeks ago uh, before Christmas. Um, and that was really good because we got to see you talking about that as well. So people can go and check out Ashley again. Um, that video is, I think she's popped on her YouTube as well uh, as Instagram. Um, Jenna, where can people find you? Because we know you're in Pittsburgh and you're working for uh, WPXI. Uh, but in terms of social media and things, where can people find you? And what have you got going on? Well, I'm very big on Twitter in terms of my, just like me tweeting. I, I don't mean like a big, big deal kind of thing, but just, I, I joke, I'm like, I love Twitter, but it's, I tweet for me and I think I'm funny. I think that's literally how I explain it. Um, so if you want, you know, Steelers tweets, hockey tweets, generic sports meme tweets, all that fun stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, um, Instagram too at Jenna underscore Harner. Those are kind of like my two big things. Um, and then you can kind of catch some of the work that we do on WPXI. We usually post our stories. I post snippets of videos that I'm doing, um, interviews that we do. It's, it's fun. I, I joke. I'm like, sports is fun. Social media should be fun in that sense. Oh yeah, totally agree. Social media should be a lot more fun uh, than it has been for the last four years. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully we'll get back to that. Um, but yeah, no, having sports um, and having people like yourself on social media um, has been great. And that's how we connected and, and how we got you on the show, um, which has been great. So uh, what we'll do now is we will take a real short break and we'll be right back after this. So by now, you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. 
you're going to admit it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web, datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing you the very best in website design, hosting, and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help you spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you, and they'll build it not just for desktop, but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business, and they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools um, so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today with Data Squared? Visit datasq2.co.uk. Okay, so we're back and Jenna and Katie are still with us, thankfully. We've not lost connections or anything like that. Um, we have first up on Saturday, the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Buffalo Bills. Um, now, Jenna, you're going to know a lot about the Bills. You covered uh, with uh, when you worked in Buffalo. Um, tell us, is Josh Allen the real deal? Yes, especially from what he's shown this season. I think everyone knew that this was going to be the year to kind of see what he was going to do, how he was going to progress. He changed a lot of his mechanics in the offseason, and I think that has paid absolute dividends. I think they've scored, what, like 140 points, 142 in the last three games. It's been absolutely outrageous he has just been on fire and when he gets going it is very 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 hard to stop him um the the addition of Stefan Diggs too like that was one of the last stories I did before I left Buffalo I'll never forget that day everyone was like in it was absolute chaos everyone's like is this really happening do we really have a true number one wide receiver in Buffalo um all the fans were asking that and clearly uh it's paid off I mean this offense just kind of now has become so complete he Josh Allen's definitely the real deal he can prove it with his legs and clearly his accuracy this season has just been incredible the jump he's made from year two to year three is unbelievable yeah, I think that you're right on with that because Josh Allen, you know, when we saw him, when he made his first playoff appearance a season ago, I think he only completed like 25 out of 45 passes. Like it was a rough go. And what we see with Josh Allen this year is a guy that has completely changed his, his form and the way that he delivers the ball but as a guy with confidence. He has got so much confidence right now. And with Diggs there, they look like they are going to be a hard team to beat. The only, the only thing that really has me um, questioning the bills and how far they will go is their running game. Cause it is, it is their only weak point. I feel their Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, they cannot come through and, and really kind of put together a strong rushing attack for them. I feel like it's all the, the Josh Allen show. So that's the only thing that really I can see hindering the bills um, and their playoff run. The Colts on the other side of the ball, I mean, Phillip Rivers is finally clicking with T.Y. Hilton. I mean, it, it took him half a season to get there, but they're clicking now. And Jonathan Taylor looks fantastic. It was it was crazy watching Taylor against the Steelers a couple weeks ago and how they did not go to him in the second half. It was just wild to me. They were he was having so much success. I would I tweeted I was like Jonathan Taylor is very very good at football. He was unbelievable and he's definitely a weapon that the Colts have utilized and should continue to utilize, especially in this game. I think that you know this is going to be one of the the, the more exciting games this weekend. I think just because. Like I said, that it seems like finally now Philip Rivers and, and T.Y. Hilton are clicking and Jonathan Taylor is is off off to the races. I, I think that this is going to be a tricky game for the Bills to stop because they're probably one of the, the best two dimensional, uh, whether running or throwing, they they can do it, do it all. So I'm actually going to go with the Colts to win this game um, just because Jonathan Taylor uh, is, is well running for the Colts and the Bills don't have much of a running uh, offense right now. So I'm going with the Colts to win this game by four. By four. Okay. That's, that's brave. I'm going to jump straight in. I'm going Bills. Um, I think Josh Allen and yeah, I had Singletary in fantasy and yeah, he, he let me down a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think Diggs and Allen have a really good rapport and I think, 
that he can hit digs whenever he wants to. Um, I'm taking the Bills by seven. Ooh, I'm, I'm upping that a little bit. I'm going Bills by 10. Um, I think their offense has just been on fire lately. There was a video that was released today of them dancing around to can't touch this during practice. They're out there. They're having a hilarious time. They're all goofing around in that sense. This team is still so bitter about what happened last season that lost to the Texans in the wild card. And also they're allowed to have uh, 62 or 67. I think it's 6,700 fans uh, at Bill stadium this weekend. And I think that is going to play the biggest role ever. This is the first time they've had fans at that stadium all season. And I think they're going to ride those emotions really, really, really hard. Yeah. And governor Cuomo is going to be there as well, apparently. Um, And I think that the fans that have been selected to go are all getting their COVID tests starting today. Um, So yeah, hopefully we'll have some fans and and get some real noise in that stadium. Um, A stadium that, probably needs fans to help Russell Wilson. Um, Out in Seattle, uh, the Seahawks are taking on the Rams. Um, The Rams all season have been so hot and cold. Uh, Goff has just, he's been good one week, terrible the next, and really hasn't found any consistency at all all season. Katie, surely this week, he, he, after having a, a pretty much a bye week last week, um, he needs to come out this week and, and show that he's, he's worth the faith that they put in him. Yeah, I think that too, the, this couldn't come at a worse time for, for the Seahawks to have to face the Rams the very first week because as dominant as the Seahawks were in the first half of the season, they have just struggled badly in the second half of the season. I don't, I I don't know what happened. I mean, like Russell Wilson was playing MVP caliber football and, and now that they're, they're having a hard time putting together a complete game. There is no offensive line. There's no running game. All of a sudden, everything is just sputtering for the Seahawks and of all the defenses to have to to face in, in week one of, of the playoffs, it's the Rams, which I think is the best defense um, in the playoffs. So I think a lot of it is going to depend on whether or not Jared Goff plays. I think, you know, his status right now is still uncertain. And if if he doesn't play, then I think the Seahawks win. Um, But if he does, I'm actually going to, I think that the Rams could pull it, pull it out here and, and upset the Seahawks just because Seahawks have been struggling. Yeah, the, the Seahawks have had a, a poor second half season. Russell Wilson, everybody for the, like maybe the first eight or nine games, or Russell Wilson, Wilson for MVP. Um, he's Jenna. He's really not been that MVP caliber uh, over the last, certainly over the last couple of weeks. No, he definitely hasn't. And I mean, this offense has dealt with their fair share of injuries. That offensive line. I, they can't stop anything at this point. It seems it's been really, really frustrating for them. Um, but I think that LA just is too hot and cold in that sense. I think again, with the question marks of golf, that's going to be a big thing. Obviously Aaron Donald on their defense is such a key contributor. He is going to be a key factor. Expect him to get to Russell Wilson and get to Russell Wilson a decent amount. This one, I just, I feel like, if you had to pick a team that's like can ride momentum better, I, I want to go with Seattle in this one, just because I think they're a little bit more of a complete team and you know what you're going to get from them a little bit more versus the Rams. Cause the Rams have been so hot and the whole thing when the Rams lost to the jets, it was like, ah, oh, yikes. Everybody has one bad loss for sure. But that was the that jets, was probably really <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Of all teams to lose, you're going to lose to the jets. You don't want to lose like the Raiders or any of the, you know, any the Broncos, something to that extent. And I mean that oh, it wouldn't be much way. better. It wouldn't be much better if they lost <laughs> to the Broncos, but yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I, I got to go with Seattle in this one. I, I think Seattle by four, I think it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I am also going Seattle um, slightly lower. Um, I'm taking them by a field goal. Um, I think... Yeah, I think golf or no golf, I, I still think they're hot and cold. Um, they'll have a good week and a bad week. And I don't think in the playoffs you can afford to have good weeks and bad weeks um, because you, you find yourself in a very quick off season. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Seattle by three, Katie. I'm also going with Seattle, despite, you know, their struggles on offense. 
you know, ever since they traded for Carlos Dunlap, their their defense has stepped it up. And I think that I think that they're they always have the luck on their side. I feel, you know, no matter what happens, I, I feel like the wins always seem to move in Seattle's favor. Um, so I think it's going to be a close game too. I actually have only have the Seahawks winning this by one. I feel like it's going to be one of those typical Russell Wilson things where he has like 14 seconds to go 98 yards and he somehow does it. So um, I'm going with the Seahawks by one. He has done that a few times, you know, on his, in his career, you know, just, you know, we're losing, we're losing. It's fine. Don't worry about it guys. I'll just throw this long ball and we'll, we'll win. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> The last game on Saturday is Tom Brady's Buccaneers um, at Washington. Um, not a fan of this game. Don't think that Washington should be there. Um, I think my <laughs> Cowboys should be. Um, but that's just me. I'm not better at all. Um, Washington are there. They've got Alex Smith. And, and the thing about Alex Smith is it's such a good feel-good story that he has made the playoffs. I mean, that is the only bright point of the Washington footballers this season is that we've seen Alex Smith come back from horrendous injury for two years out of the game to come play and be an have an impact and, and get this team to the playoffs. Um, I mean, it was tight and the NFC East was an absolute bomb site, but he, he's managed to get them out of that. But they're going up against Tom Brady. Um, and Tom Brady last week was throwing bombs everywhere. Jenna, do you think that the Washington footballers have any chance whatsoever in this game? I think if they do, it's going to come down to that pass rush, especially Chase Young. What did he say this week? Tom Brady, I'm coming for you or something like that. He was, he's ready. He is such an impact player. Kid is already a stud and he is just going to be so much more impactful as he continues to grow and develop in this league. Um, But this should be a game. I hate to say it that Tampa wins just because of the fact that Tom Brady is getting hot at the right time. The last couple of weeks, he has been playing lights out. It's been just incredible. What four touchdowns in the first half on uh, uh, the Christmas week over there. That was just, it was unbelievable to watch what they were doing. Granted it was against the Detroit lions. So take that with a grain of salt, but I just think that this Tampa offense is more complete than Washington's offense. I, I like both defenses in this, but you got to go with the fact that Tom Brady is just playing really well. We know he thrives in the playoffs and that's, I think all you got to say about that. I hate that. I have to say that because I, as, as someone who grew up in new England, and was not a Patriots fan. The hatred for Tom Brady growing up was very, very intense. So I think anybody that's outside of new England hates Tom Brady. I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, I'm in Denver yes. and I can't, ugh, now I don't like the Bucks anymore because he plays for them. So uh, I think that though, I think that if Washington were to win this game, that would be the upset of the playoffs. We wouldn't be talking about a Super Bowl champion. We'd be still be talking about, remember when Washington beat Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs? How crazy was that? I mean, they're, they're basically playing with only 10 players on offense because Alex Smith is injured and he's not mobile anymore. So I mean, this defensive front that they have with Nanda Kansu and, you know, Shaq Barrett. I mean, like they're, they're a complete defense and the weapons that they have on offense, whether let's say they shut down the pass. Okay. Well then they have Ronald Jones and Leonard Burnett to just go crazy. I mean, like there's, there's so many weapons. It's not even fair. Um, I, I pick Tampa Bay to win this game by 20. So I think that they're going to come out and just destroy the Washington footballers. Wow, so Washington just be decimated um, at home as well. well. As, as Jenna said, I mean, like, she, you know, she was like, oh, well, they beat, you know, the, the, the Lions by however, 40 or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't feel like the, the footballers are that much of a better team than the Lions. I really don't. I, I, there's been so much uncertainty and with the quarterback position. And I just feel like there's just a dumpster fire there. But somehow they made the playoffs. They, they did manage somehow, to make the playoffs. And no one you go to. Oh, I was just saying, like, and again, the offensive weapons, you just look at both teams and what they have. I mean, Tampa, I just, someone tweeted, it was like, Tampa has the, uh, the fantasy team of your dreams from like three years ago. <laughs> and they do. I mean, that, that, I think that says it all. So I, I feel like I got to go Tampa in this one by 13 and I hate it. Oh, I just, uh, I, I, at this rate, just, I hope Washington can at least give it, give them some sort of a game. 
Uh, so I am also going with Tampa, uh, a clean sweep for them. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. I think Washington, as lucky as they were to make the playoffs, I, I don't see them. And I never have seen actually any team get out of the, the wild card, whoever it was going to be from the NFC East. Um, so I've taken them by 14, so just slightly more. Um, I do think it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath. Um, so I feel feel a bit sorry for for Washington, but not that much. Um, Katie has been asking desperately who won guess the win margins last week. Um, I was going to leave it to after the break, but, you know, I'll put her out of her misery. Katie, it wasn't me that won guess the win margins. And it wasn't you either. It was John. I was going to say, I feel like John <laughs> did. Yeah, he, he has, I mean, he came with actual, like, game scores. So he oh, was yeah. ready. It made me do math, which I'm still smart about. Um, but yeah, he, he absolutely bossed it. I think he got six. And out of the, the six that he got, he managed to guess three of the scores dead on. Like the difference, not the actual scores, but he got the difference um, absolutely spot on. So um, yeah, he had a really good week for the guests. So the, the guests picked up the win last week. Um, we'll take a short break and then we'll be back with the Sunday games and Jenna's top five sports films of all time. Okay, so welcome back. We have uh, still with us Jenna and Katie. Uh, we're touching on Sunday now. Um, there's no Scott Hansen on Sunday. That's that's a, a, a shame. Um, I do like his energy on a Sunday. Uh, but he's got this weekend off. So Ravens at Titans is the first matchup. Um, the Ravens had a bit of a shaky start to the season. Lamar Jackson's not looked MVP caliber. Um, Jackson so he's up against the Titans and Derek Henry who is a genuine MVP candidate uh, can Henry run wild all over the Ravens this weekend Katie yeah I Derek Henry is something else but one thing that I Lamar Jackson finally looks like he's up and running I mean the, the Ravens are on a five-game win streak, and granted, only one of those games comes against a team with a winning record, the, the Browns, but they're winning games, and they're winning them when it matters most, so I feel like they're they're kind of going to be a hard team to stop right now. I also think that the Titans' defense isn't as good as it was last year. Um, that That's really what held them in and allowed them to go far in the playoffs um, and make some surprises. Uh, I mean, they, they knocked the, the Ravens out last year of the playoffs and the, the wild card game. So it's kind of interesting that these two teams face each other again in round one. But I just don't think that their defense is as strong as it was last year. And Lamar Jackson, I think that he's going to be able to run um, pretty easily. So I'm actually going to go with the Ravens. I, I think that they're just going to be the hotter team. And um, we'll have to see if they're able to contain Derrick Henry. If, if they can't, then... Derrick Henry is the the wild card if you can stop him then I think that you can beat the Titans but if you can't then they are going to be a tough team to to beat um so I have the Ravens winning this game by five okay so I watch we get our own Sky Sports NFL show over here in the UK and one of the shows that they give us is Good Morning Football which is on at midday over here so it's a bit strange they're eating their breakfast and I'm eating my lunch um (laughs) One thing that that has been evident throughout the season is Kyle Brandt always does his angry runs and Derek Henry has won that a number of times this season um, by going through five, six, seven players. Um, And he just, he's like, I don't know if you ever watched rugby. I didn't when I was a kid. I just remember videos of Juno Lumo um, who would just, he'd have guys on his back carrying them as he ran um, because he was just such a, a big guy and people just could not stop him. I kind of feel like Derek Henry is the equivalent in the NFL. No one can stop him. Um, he breaks tackles so well. Um, and his his movement is so good as well. He can shift side to side and he can just turn on the jets and go. Um, Jenna, surely the Titans have got just enough between him and, and Tannehill, who, when called upon to put on some pretty important throws, has been okay this season to do that. I think 
I got to go with kind of what Katie said. It comes down to their defense, seeing them when they played the Steelers earlier this season. Yes. Tannehill has been really, really solid. Derek Henry is obviously incredible as he is. He just, you know, anybody, he makes them look silly. He made the Ravens look silly earlier this year when they beat them in overtime. Um, but Titans defense especially their third down defense has struggled so much this year and I think just the caliber of Baltimore's offense and where they are right now they got thrown for such a loop obviously the COVID situation being what it was take took a lot of their guys out they had to have time to rest recover and kind of get back to their normal swing of things but especially here in Pittsburgh when it was kind of shaping up to be the scenarios of oh who the Steelers could potentially play everybody here said, you know, they don't want to face the Ravens. The Ravens are not the team that you want to face right now. They're hot. They're looking really, really solid, just kind of across the board. I'm going Baltimore in this one. I think they win by at least seven. By seven. Okay. So, because I I bigged up the Titans so much, um, I've went with the Titans, um, but really by a field goal, um, three points. I, I think the game will go back and forth all game. I, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, um, and I think just, and only just, uh, the Titans will come out on top with a, a field goal. Um, the Bears and the Saints are up next. The Bears, Mitch Trubisky has somehow managed to play well, and I hate to say that because it's Mitch Trubisky. Um, and the Saints, the Saints have just been, it didn't matter if Breeze was playing or not, it, they, they just seem to keep winning games. Um, and, and Breeze has just kind of come back in and just took off like you would never left. Katie, the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, can they get out of the wild card or is this going to be a, a bit of a, a walkover for the Saints? I think the Saints are going to win this game. I Michael Thomas came back to practice, so he's practicing again. But, I mean, what a good signing Emmanuel Sanders was. Um, he's been able to step right into that number one role, no problem. And – we saw last week, they didn't have any running backs except for Ty Montgomery, who has just been, you know, on the special teams and, and catching some balls on the offense. But I mean, he stepped in and had over a hundred yards rushing. So regardless if Alvin Kamara can play, I think the saints are going to be a, the stronger team here. I mean, Drew Brees, I think has shown his age a bit this season, but just because he's not throwing the ball as far, doesn't mean that he's still not making very smart reads. And um, I think that the Saints are going to be able to win this game by seven. So quite a close one then. Um, one thing I did joke about before he got injured, um, thankfully I did it before he got injured, uh, was the fact that Breeze was taking snaps off during games and, and Hill was coming in and just basically running through everyone. Um, and I just kind of obviously made the joke that he was just, you know, taking old man rest. Um Seems to have worked for them, uh, to be perfectly fair. Um, but can Chicago have any hope um, this week in New Orleans? I, I don't think so. I don't. I think I've said when Chicago got off to the hot start, what were they, five and one, six and one, something to that extent, I was like, I do not think this football team is as good as their record. There's always a couple of those teams, it feels like, every year. And I was like, I just don't think so. Khalil Mack is an incredible player on defense. He's absolutely such a difference maker across the board. But I just think that Mitchell Trubisky in this offense, it just – they've faced a lot of struggles – They've been in games, but I just don't think that they were as good as their record showed. And I mean, they got their butts kicked in the regular season finale against Green Bay. And hey, they ended up, you know, getting into the playoffs still. Um, I think this should be a dominant game for the Saints. We've seen Drew Brees kind of coming back, getting back into his own. It's going to be interesting to see the personnel they have when it comes to the running backs that they have available. Um, but even then, kind of like what Katie was saying, you know, does it, they, they still find a way sometimes. They still have a bunch of weapons to use. They still have guys that they can kind of interchange in and out. And so I think the Saints, I mean, I'm looking at it as it's going to be a Saints-Packers NFC championship. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see what happens. I think they win by uh, – I think I got to go 14 here. It's going to be two scores. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't know quite yet if Kamara is going to play. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does. Not like they needed him last week anyway. Um, so who knows? Um, I am taking New Orleans by 12. Um, I think 
they're just too strong and I don't like Mitch Trubisky. I don't like the Bears. Um, Deshaun Watson has been tipped to, to, to take over at the Bears if he does get traded. So um, that could be an interesting one for next season because where would Mitch and Nick go there? They, they I don't think both of them want to play backup. Um, now, the last game is a game that Jenna will be covering um, for uh, WPXI. So, Jenna, it is Pittsburgh at home to Cleveland. Last week didn't go so well, but you were playing your second string quarterback. Um, does Big Bad Ben bring back the bacon this week? He is going to be the X factor in this game, without a doubt. If he can get that offense going in the right direction, the way that they played the second half against the Colts, the way that they played the first game against the Bengals, the first game against the Browns this season, that game was a absolute blowout at Heinz Field. Everyone was, you know, looking at the Browns. Oh, they're on a hot start, blah, blah, blah. What are they usually, what do they do? They come into Pittsburgh and I've only been here since March, but I've learned very quickly that that is the Browns way that they come into Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh just dominates as if it's another day. Um, There's a really funny stat here that there's 13 high schools in Pennsylvania that have more wins at Heinz field than the Browns do. (laughs) It's that's, an incredible that's, stat. That's, that's an amazing stat, uh, I have to say. that's Because obviously, I, I guess that's where the, the finals of the, the schools games happen. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty incredible that schools have more wins than the Browns. Um, I love that. Um, yeah. Katie, um, I don't know if you have any fun stats, but um, the Browns have been good this season. Uh, Baker Mayfield, even after Odell Beckham went down, still managed to... to kind of ignite Landry um, and he's done very well. And obviously the running game um, is something that you've talked a lot about, Katie. Yeah, Jenna, I'm surprised you didn't bring that up at all. I, I really, I really am curious as to your thoughts on the disappearance of the Steelers running game. Um, it's, it's non-existent uh, in these past five weeks. And I mean, is James Conner like struggling with something or, I mean, it is, it's shocking how one dimensional the Steelers have had to become. Yeah, they are such a pass heavy team and Connor was dealing, he was on the COVID list. And so that kind of took him out. I believe it was, he missed, I think he missed two games total um, while he was on that, but they've kind of used the short, like intermediate passing game. It's kind of that substitution for their run game this season, but we saw against Buffalo and against the Bengals when they can't get the deep ball going and they can't stretch out defenses a little more, that short intermediate passing game entirely practically goes away and that's why we saw the results that we did against the Bills and the Bengals um, and even a little bit in the Washington game too. Um, I think that it's going to be a huge factor but they kind of they know what their identity is and if they can kind of consistently chip away in the sense that hey Ben can you know find Juju on a third and six you know with a little slant or he can hit Chase Claypool for 20 yards downfield like those are going to be those key plays that we really need to see this offense continue to make um but then speaking of run game they have to worry about cleveland's run game because they didn't face nick chubb uh the first time they beat them this season however i think there's a lot of a lot of things that cleveland's dealing with right now they haven't practiced at all so far this week um they will be without kevin stefanski which i think is going to hinder them a lot considering he's their play caller um they have a handful of guys still on the covid list and i believe baker mayfield hasn't thrown since Sunday's game, which is just, it, it doesn't, that doesn't seem to bode, bode too well, but at the same time, Cleveland's going to come in as fired up as they are, no matter what, because this is the first time in 18 years they've even made it to the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that what a horrible timing for Kevin Stefanski to, to get, be put on the COVID list. I mean, first time that the Browns have made the playoffs and, you know, almost two decades almost. And so it, uh, it's just so frustrating that they can't, uh, that they're going to be without their, their head coach and play caller. And I think also one thing that's also we keep an, uh, a good eye on is Denzel Ward. Uh, is he going to play for the Browns? Because if he does, I think that that is going to be a huge uh, lift for the Browns defense because he's, he's such a factor out there. When, when he's on the field, they're like in the top five defenses. And then when he's off, they're like 31st. So it's him being out is a huge blow. So it'll be something to keep an eye on if, if he is able to, to play and I mean, like you said, that the Nick Chubb 
he wasn't there last time that they that they played them um, back in the beginning of the season. So I'm, I'm actually going to go with the Browns on this. And the, the biggest reason um, is just because they haven't ever been there before. And I I'm hoping that it takes their game to another level. Um, I, I, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm not even a Baker Mayfield fan, but I would really like to see them do well. And I think that uh, with, with the Steelers and, and how one-dimensional that they have become, I think that the, the Browns are going to be able to, to stop, stop the, the pass. So I'm going to go with the Browns to win this game by a field goal. Wow. I, I honestly didn't think you were going to take the Browns. I, I thought you were going to take the Steelers. Um, and not because Jenna's here at all. Um, I was going to say, well, you know how it goes, though, with me and my head and my heart. So <laughs> It's not worked well for you so far this season. Um, wow. Okay. Ah, yeah. I, that's going to throw me a little, I'm going to be honest. Um, I've, I have went Pittsburgh um, because I think last week um, showed that without Ben, they, the Pittsburgh Steelers can still be in a game. Um, so if you throw Big Ben back into the mix, I, I think I think it's still a close game. I think the Steelers win by six. Um, <clears throat> but I, I just can't see the Browns having enough. Um, and I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are exceptional uh, running backs. But I, I just can't see them doing enough to get over the line. And I, I think Baker Mayfield who hasn't been in a playoff before. He doesn't have that playoff experience. And I think whenever you look at playoffs in any sport, where it be NFL, NBA, NHL, I think in any sport, you the, the intensity level goes up. And if you're not used to that, some teams, and particularly some players, get found out. And it's kind of like, oh, crap, I've never been here before. Well, this is totally different. I do think that if this was a normal season and there was there was fans in the, in the stadium... I would take the Steelers by more, uh, but I think with their no, I think there is a bit of a level of level playing field in terms of there not being any fans. So that's why I've only went with uh, six. Um, Jenna, are you going to keep keep uh, Homer, or are you going to go Browns? I think that this absolutely is going to be a game that the Steelers win. And I think Stefanski is going to be the reason why the Browns don't keep it as close. He has been such a contributing factor to this team's success this season. And I don't think you're entirely necessarily going to notice his absence in the first quarter because a lot of those plays are so scripted. But I think when it comes to late in the first half, moving into the fourth quarter, those are really going to be the times that they they really do miss his absence and his wit to be able to decide what play, obviously what play they're going to call, but you know, where they need to go from here, what the crucial turning point is going to be. And I think they're really, really going to miss him in that role. So I'm going Steelers by 10. Um, I just think that also the fact that they haven't practiced all week has really thrown them for a loop. Yeah, it's going to be difficult because um, we've, we've seen it with a couple of teams. Uh, players didn't get to practice and then they've come out and especially like the first quarter, they've kind of looked a bit rusty and um, it, it's been a struggle. Um, COVID has probably been a struggle for everyone all year, let's be honest. But um, in terms of players um, and their routines, like we spoke about earlier, um, it does kind of throw things off. Um, so that is our wild card weekend. Um, there is a lot of good games to choose from. Um, and they're pretty much on all day long. So we can watch football. Well, I'll probably not watch the late games because it'll be like one in the morning. But um, certainly the early games um, I'll be watching live. Um, they should be uh, a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm taking uh, the Ravens-Titans as my game of the week. Um I really think that, that that is a really good matchup. Um, I think the, the offenses and the defenses really match up well. Um, even though maybe you guys say the Titans defense isn't, isn't all there and, and the stats lines give them that, but I think it's playoff football. So I think they, they put in a, a bit of extra effort. Um, Jenna, as we always do with our first time guests, um, we will we asked you for your top five sports films of all time. Um, so we go from five up to one to your, your most favorite. Um, we've had a, a couple of interesting ones in the past. Um, I'm going to ask you this right out the, the box. Um, do you have any Will Ferrell films? I do not. Oh, oh, we can't yes. be friends. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but you you went up about thirty notches in James' book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easily thirty. Um, yeah, not, I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. It's been evident um, over the last uh, seventeen weeks um, that I'm not. Um, so, Jenna, what is your number five? Okay, number five. This is my one where people are going to be like, really, really. Uh, she's the man. It's just so good. It's one of those movies that like, whenever I'm feeling down or I'm like, I need something to put on. I'm that's what I'm turning on. I'm just, I, it's just, it's so bad. It's good. It's just, it's, it's so great. (laughs) I've never seen it. So, um, I don't know why it is a sports film after all, but no, I haven't, haven't seen that one. Uh, what is your number four? Number four is The Blind Side. I feel like that's just such a heartwarming one. And I don't know, I always look at think like all of these pretty much from here on down are ones that like I grew up watching with my family. Like we were big family movie night people. So I remember this one, just watching this with my parents and it was just, and my brother, it was just, it was, it's, it's one of those like ones that you remember sitting in your living room and watching. And the story is just so incredible. And Sandra Bullock, I mean, what's not to love? Yeah, that was a great film. Uh, me and my wife watched it, I think, at the cinema. Um, and he, my wife is not a sports fan whatsoever. Um, I mean, she supports the Packers after all. But uh, she she came out loving um, Michael Orr and, and that that story of coming from really... I mean, talk about a rags-to-riches story. I mean, that, you don't get any more rags-to-riches than that. Um, what is your number three? Number three is Field of Dreams, and I feel like this is on everyone's list. Um, but is, again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's not, I, I have some questions as to why it's not. But this is just one of those ones again, kind of same thing. Like my mom, it was hysterical actually. The other night, I Facetimed my mom, and she turned the camera around, and she was like, "Here, look!" And she was watching the movie. And she she's, she loves Kevin Costner, so she was like, "Look, look at how beautiful he is. Look at my dad sitting right there, and he's like, hi, 'Hi, I'm right here.'" That was actually our, our last guest's uh, number one. Oh, really? Field of Dreams. Yeah, because uh, he was a, a, a play-by-play sports uh, a stadium announcer. And so he got to oh. announce a game there. And then afterwards, they all watched the, the show, like watched the movie at the Field of Dreams. And he said it was just incredible. That sounds like the coolest moment ever. I'm so, I, I like, I need to go to that field at some point in my life because it's just, oh, it's stunning. And it's just, I don't know, it's one of those feel-good movies and we watched it like growing up in high school and college it was like one of those movies we'd always dissected to and you always get so excited like oh we're watching feel the dreams today and like you say kevin costner i mean he's in so many sports films especially baseball there is a specialty i think um and he he always does so well in sports films like the tom hanks of sports films um what's your number two Number two is Miracle. Um, I'm a huge hockey fan. So this is always, and I feel like it's so, again, I feel like they're so cliche, but this is just one of those movies. I, you know, hockey's my dad's thing. Football's my mom's. I mean, we're, they're both big fans of the other, but like if you had to pick a number one for each of them. Um, and so hockey was always me and my dad's thing. And so just like we would, it would be like a father daughter day and we'd go watch the movie. It was just, oh, it's so good. And just, there's so many, that locker room speech, you have chills and obviously it, you know, the following what actually happened. It just, it's such a great story. And I'm just like, oh, it, every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to run through a brick wall and watch the hockey <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, so I can't play hockey. I can't even ice skate, but um, I do like Miracle. Um, I um, I only seen it a couple of years ago for the first time, um, and I coach basketball, and I I can't do it because it like be abusive children or something. Um, but I always wanted to do the who do you play for um, and make them run. Um, obviously, they skate in in the film, but that was. Uh, I, I assume it happened like that as well. Um, and it, it's such quite a hard impact thing. And you don't realize it until it actually happens. And then they all kind of look at each other. So no, I'm, I'm a big fan of that film. Uh, what's your number one? Number one is The Sandlot. How I just, it's, you love, it. I love it so much. I feel like I keep saying like about that, about all of these, but it's just, it's so good. It's such a well-told story and there's so many moments in that movie that are just incredible the s'more are you killing me smalls 
everything the uh it was actually really cool one of uh it was i think it must have been not this past fourth of july but the fourth of july before um in my sports cast because one of the local teams that i covered um played a, a night game on on july 4th which hadn't happened in a handful of years and so i used part of that scene to like intro into the game highlights and i just like gave myself chills because i'm like this is just it's it's what every kid dreamed about like that was always what you did playing baseball on the fourth of july and oh it's so good like them when they make the contraption and they try and get the ball back like there's so many little stories intertwined in this movie it's just it's incredible awesome um well thank you so much for giving us your your top five sports films of all time um katie and i are going to be back next week uh, when we review the wild card weekend um that's going to be interesting to see how these games play out because um, there are so many good matchups. Uh, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been great to have you on um, and uh, good, lo- good luck on Sunday uh, with your Steelers um, and hopefully we can get, can get back to normal and hopefully next football season um, you're in a stadium with actual fans. Um, I have actually seen a couple of your pictures that you've taken on Instagram and yeah, it it looks really strange. You're just standing in an empty stadium. I have to be honest. Um, It does look weird, but hopefully you can get back to it. Um, Cross our fingers. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, as I say, me and Katie will be back next week. Thank you so much uh, to Jenna for giving up her time and coming on the podcast with us. Uh, myself and Katie definitely enjoyed having her with us um, and obviously our insights into the Pittsburgh Steelers were amazing to, to hear that kind of insight um, so thank you again so much to Jennifer for coming on and we will be back uh, next week um, with a review show um, and we have another big guest for you next week Hannah Wilkes from Sky Sports NFL in the UK um, is going to be on the show um, very, very much looking forward to that. Uh, so please do join us for that. Um, as I said before, I'm going to be on the Falco Takeaway on the Worldwide Sports Network on YouTube uh, tomorrow from 2 p.m. Eastern at 7 p.m. in the UK. And uh, don't forget to get us on social media, um, Facebook and Instagram, Across the Pond Sports Podcast, and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Um, and of course, can't can't go without mentioning Across the Pond NHL podcast that we'll be launching next week. Um, we are hard at work putting that together for you just now. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. I'm really, really excited uh, to bring you that podcast. A lot of content coming your way from Across the Pond, almost Across the Pond Sports Network. Um, is potentially what we could become um if we can just keep putting podcasts together and you guys keep listening um and keep giving us feedback as well um the feedback has been really good that we've had um throughout the six month run that we've had so far um so please keep it coming and um, love all your comments um good and bad and um, we can make changes um to make a better listening experience for you um so again thanks so much to jenna and katie as always and we will catch you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.